welcome Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Martin Luther King Monday. I hope it finds you well. A gorgeous, gorgeous morning here in the Valley of the Sun. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Training Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. And uh, it is MLK Day, but I, I just got to say it. I don't know if uh, if you watch the, the, the football anymore or not. I get it, right? You know, uh, take a knee, don't take a knee, and all the other phony baloney that's going on in the world. But Tom Brady's an alien. I've been saying it now for years. Uh, the Patriots are back in the Super Bowl. And I'm not talking about the illegal guys, you know, where they're running across the board. I'm talking yeah, from somewhere else. Obvious. He's got to be. Belichick, too. Patriots are, are back in the Super Bowl. Uh, they're going to be playing the, i got to get this right now, the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, sorry about that, L.A. I mean, great, they're going to the Super Bowl, but... Trust me, it's going to cost you a lot of money over the years to pay for the stadiums and the whatnot. But uh, nonetheless, it is a Martin Luther King holiday. That means the markets are closed. That means that the banks are closed. Uh, government's closed. Well, actually, the, <laughs> the government's been closed out 31 days, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Uh, I got a fantastic special today. One of these ones, you know, and you know that all of our, our, we got great prices all the time. We do. But today's one of those days where the pricing is stupendous. And and so be ready. Uh, we're going to get to that here uh, in the next little bit. But I want to introduce, uh, it's been a while since we've had him on. Because, well, you know, he's one of those government employees, just not a federal government employee the professor, Glenn, Glenn Biddle's with us here. Glenn, are you with me? I am, Joe. Good morning. It is freezing here in Maryland. The low last night was about 8 degrees, and I, I went outside to watch the lunar eclipse, and, and it was freezing outside, and today the high is only going to be about 20. And yeah. I know it, if it's in the 60s there, you're freezing, but here it's pretty cold. So I just yeah, wanted to put that weather report out oh, there. Yeah. How was that? I, you know what? I saw it on TV, and I, I said to myself, yeah, good enough. I didn't need to actually go outside and look. It was it was amazing, and and we're big nerds in our family, big science nerds. We like to watch the uh, rocket launches from Wallace Island, which is very close to us. And I guess it was last summer or the summer before we went to a water park at the beach and watched the actual solar eclipse. We borrowed some welder um, masks and we and we sat there the whole day and watched the eclipse. Uh, front with welder masks on at a water park, and it was great. Everybody else is looking up there with their naked eye, burning their eyeballs out. We're protected, which is pretty cool. So it, it was awesome. Uh, it was it was amazing just to go out and see that. Uh, it's, I think it's not coming around for another, you know, ten years or so. So it's just cool to go check out, and it's free. It doesn't cost a thing to go out and take a look at an eclipse. You know what? It, it's hard to say that anymore. I'm surprised they didn't come up with some kind of of a tax to do it. And well, uh, in Maryland, Maryland, after when the moon is out, you got to pay the the moon tax. I'm sure I don't want to give Illinois any idea, so I'll quit talking about that. Well, it is made out of cheese, and the government gives away a lot of cheese, so you know maybe it's subsidized somehow. 
I, re- I did read somewhere. We, 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 you're not lying. Apparently, we have a lot of cheese stored away. I'm, I'm sure it's all in a, in a government uh, warehouse, ready for the for the for the the uh, the, the shutdown, and that we can they can give it out to the people. Apparently, they're going to give the food stamp money out a couple weeks early, and they're telling people, "Hey, this is." February's payment, don't spend it now. So See, that's, that's going to cause a problem. You know that's going to cause a problem. Absolutely it is. Yeah, that that should be interesting. I did not know that's what they decided. So they're going to go ahead and and give out the food stamp money, what, a couple weeks early? It's going to be an advanced payment, and they're, they're putting it out there with this information that says, hey, look, this is an advanced payment. This is February's food stamp money, so you need to spend it accordingly. Oh, boy. I'm not looking forward to what's going to happen at the end of February. Uh, but but nonetheless, uh, Glenn, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I think we wanted to talk about the uh, the banking crisis and the war on cash. I thought that was our theme. Um, that should be fun to do today. Of course, the, the Topics are wide open. I, I do but want no, to mention that. That's that. what I was Remember, hoping for because we've been promising that we we're going to do it, and then uh, things with the radio station in Colorado got complicated. So today, we're, we're going to give a a mini uh, history of what's been happening on the war on cash. Obviously, if you've listened here, this is just the precursor, right? They're getting us ready. Uh, the explosion in debt, uh, the 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 rise of China as a reserve currency, uh, foreign central banks shying away from debt auctions, uh, the war, this war on cash. Right? You think about the legislation from the Patriot Act to the too big to fail Dodd Frank legislation, and and seemingly not a, what every month another retailer posts. We're no longer accepting cash. No longer accepting cash, and and of course, uh, every quarter another major bank announces more fines uh, for money laundering and the like. And all of it really just a sideshow to the main event, which is fiat money is going to do what it always does: goes to zero. Patriot Radio News Hour got a great show lined up for you. We'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Right after this break, I'll, I'll give you the special for the day. Uh, but but I want to get into this. So Glenn and mostly Glenn, I'll say Glenn and I, but mostly Glenn. We've been putting all the pieces together as to uh, you know, and and I talk about it in in broad terms of how they've encircled our wealth. Right, and it's so funny because I just saw today the richest twenty-six people now own over half half of the world. Well, well, you take the the lowest half of the world population, you take all their wealth, uh, and take the richest twenty-six guys, and they've got more. So, uh, but they're they're encircling the wealthier, and, and we're going to start weighing out. Right, because this—they don't do these things overnight, right? They don't. The money doesn't go to zero overnight. You don't go bankrupt overnight. You go bankrupt. Well, it starts out gradually.
right? And then it becomes suddenly, and that's kind of where we're at, right? This gradually is picking up steam, getting ready to be a suddenly. Uh, Glenn, lead us off. Well, I just want to start off. I went to see the movie The Mule last night, the Clint Eastwood movie, and it's actually pretty interesting. Apparently, they haven't got the message that there's a war on cash yet, because apparently with some of his uh, money that he got from the cartel for, for moving drugs around, he was able to take a stack of cash into his bank and pay off his foreclosure. He was able to fix the burned-out Veterans of Foreign Wars uh, club that he went to. He was able to apparently fix a, a broken-down uh, ice rink. So apparently cash in that movie is still good to go. Uh, so I, I don't know if you've seen that movie or not. It's actually well worth going to see. You know what? Don't Space- tell me anymore. Because it's one of those movies where uh, when I've got a free moment, I'll probably have to go by myself because I don't think my wife and kids are that interested. But it's one of those movies I want to see. It's got a great cast. I, I recommend it. My wife went to, thought, to see it with me last night. She she enjoyed it. Um, usually I drag her to a shoot 'em up movie or a you know a Godzilla movie, and she just rolls her eyes. But this one was actually pretty good. The other thing where where the government you know, tells you to do one thing but then acts completely different is remember when we had to pay the uh, money back to Iran and we sent airplanes full of cash over there, uh, both in U.S. dollars and uh, euros and everything. Apparently, you know, where did that money come from? Did they have to, the government have to fill out any paperwork if it went over $10,000 to pay off the Iranians with cash? I, I'm, just, yeah, I'm, I'm asking they, for a friend. They make the Ayatollah sign here and here and initially here. And here's your form 1083, Mr. Ayatollah. That's a great question. I, I want to know, did, did he have to go through all the anti-money laundering uh, paperwork that you have there at, at Patriot? Did he have to fill out all that paperwork? You know, I, I, once again, I'm just asking for a friend. I don't want to stir anything right, up, just, but just, just curious just curiosity, about that. right? Isn't that part of the reason why we took the money, right? Because they were using it for illicit purpose. Yeah, I think basically right, what we had done with that is we had frozen their the assets here in the U.S. after the hostage crisis. That's a gr- brilliant, Glenn. Yeah, I'm just, just curious about that. Um, you know, and, and apparently we had to pay them all the interest that accrued when we froze those assets. So it just, <laughs> we're never on the right side of these things. It was just absolutely ridiculous that things like that happened. Plus all the money that we, we dumped on uh, Iraq when, during the reconstruction process, that we, we were literally, you know, dumping it out of airplanes, basically. I mean, I, I don't understand. Did anybody in, in Iraq or have to sign for that money? I just want to know was what happened to they were going to pay for it, right, with the oil. What happened to that? Uh, that didn't work out so well. So I want to start off with safe deposit boxes because that's the... Now, if you've seen the Jason Bourne movie where he goes into the Swiss uh, bank and he has a little uh, code you know, implanted in his body, and he's able to find the code. And he goes in there, and he, he goes into the safe deposit box. Of course, he has three guns, 100 passports, cash, all kinds of different cash. Uh, I, I don't think that our laws allow any of that stuff, uh, pretty much. And, and well, the big thing is the contents of a safe deposit box are not covered by FDIC insurance. So you have a big issue there if uh, anything in your safe deposit box, if the bank goes under and that, that's a big deal. Uh, you, you cannot keep cash, apparently, in a safe deposit box because that apparently takes cash out of the system. Some say that you are hiding income from the IRS when you do that. Um, obviously, you can't keep guns in there. Uh, possibly some banks have policies against keeping precious metals in a safe deposit box. 
leave. Uh, if you can't keep any of that good stuff in there, what's the point of having one, in my opinion, other than, than having maybe important documents in there? But if the bank shuts down, you're not going to be able to get to it. So that's another issue you need to worry about. Um, I, I hear you talk about the, the safe that you can buy at uh, Costco or places like that. A gun safe is a great thing to have. Make sure it's fireproof and or fire resistant at least. There's no, no safe is fireproof. But most of these modern gun safes now are self-sealing when the temperature hits a certain uh, gets a certain uh, too high, and the and the safe will seal, so it will protect your documents until the fire department gets there. So that's one thing you need to, you need to look at. But uh, what do you think about that, Joe? Well, you know, obviously the the safety deposit box. So this is all, again, tied to, and really, in, in at least recent times here, from the Patriot Act uh, through Dodd-Frank and Too Big to Fail, what, what's really happened here is when the banks got bailed out, okay, so because, and, and, and don't fool yourself, if you want to live in denial about it, you can't, right? That, that's your prerogative. All of it was done. All the banks were going to go under all of them. Not just Lehman Brothers, not just Bear Stearns, all of them. Because essentially, these banks have gotten so big that if one goes, they all go. I mean, that's just, that's just how it all works. And, and instead of preventing that from happening, they obviously make them even bigger, right, because they want to protect their, their, their rich friends. But when they were digging into these banks, and you'll remember, right, the liar loans, remember that? That was a big, you know, mail practice, all this and that. Well, they also found out that the banks loved money laundering. They loved it. Drug cartel money. Uh, money from dictators, right? You know, you think back to uh, who was the guy, the the, the head of uh, Panama, right? Uh, Noriega, right? I mean, they, listen, this is what they've done, and they've done it forever, right? Remember, you can go to Swiss and open up your accounts and take all your illicit money and bring it over there, and they would never tell anybody. That's gone, right? The, the, the Swiss gave that up, right? They said, here, here's all the names of all the people that bank here. Go after them. Uh, but, but what they decided to do is they told the bank, listen, we don't want you catching you doing this anymore. Wink, wink, nod, nod, right? So the bank got cover now to go after all the evildoers out there. I, I'm talking about me and you. And they slowly started to make changes to how you could bank. Right? Third-party check was the first victim. Right? We used to, I think Eric did a commercial about third we, we didn't care where it was from. Third-party check from Guam, we didn't care. We'd take it. Now you don't take them at all. The safety deposit box started... I want to say, I want to say, and I could be wrong on who was first, but I think J.P. Morgan was first. They came out with this big thing, and they they told all of their customers you, what you're not allowed to have in the safety deposit boxes anymore. First thing on the list, cash. Every movie, Glenn, to your point, that you've ever seen, what's in the safety deposit box? 
everything that you shouldn't have. Right, <laughs> ash. The other thing they said, Glenn brought up precious metal, right? They said cash, coin, right? Cash equivalent, essentially letting, you know, cash, gold, silver, right? None of that's allowed in there. And I got to the point where I was like, well, what can you put in there? They said important papers. Well, a lot of people would say, hey, that cash was important papers, but apparently not. Uh, and I'm like, you don't need a safety deposit box for that. Now, I guess if you have, like, uh, I don't know, some mega diamond, right? Maybe I don't want that at my house, and I'm just going to put it in the safety deposit box. I, maybe. But to Glenn's point, nothing in the box, by the way, is insurable, right? It's not covered under uh, FDIC insurance or anything of that nature. You can't. Uh, it's not. You know, if the bank goes under, those funds are not insured. Not that it matters, because let's face it, there's no money in the FDIC insurance anyway. Well, relative to what's in the bank, uh, but that that was probably so. It, it, it first it started with third party checks. Then it went to the safety deposit box, and they said, hey, listen, you know what? You're not allowed to have any of that stuff in there. Now, I know a lot of people still today don't know that rule, or they think, well, the bank never told me that. Listen, ignorance is not a defense. And as you well, as you very well know, how does the bank really tell people anymore? Right? They, they put some microscopic print on the back of one of your statements and say, see, we told them. Right? So just keep that in mind because, I, I, and, and again, it's these little steps. Uh, apparently, I, unbeknownst to me, this is what all the drug dealers and the money laundering, because there's, there's hundreds of millions of them, if you want to believe the bank. This is what they were using it for. So they wanted to make sure that you weren't using their safety deposit box for your illicit activity. So so that was that one. And remember, once one bank does it, they all do it. So so then it went there. What, what, what was next, Glenn? Well, one of the things that I, I found when I was looking this up is that when you go in to open a bank account, because of the Patriot Act and other different government programs, they are required that when you open the bank bank account, give all your ID and everything. They're checking you against the ten different databases to see if you're a wanted criminal, if you have if you have a, a bad credit rate, um, credit score. They're checking lots of different things. Some government mandated, some bank mandated. But if you are really surveilled now by these banks on what you can and can't do, even with the transactions that you're going to do. The other thing with the FDIC, when they usually close a bank, it's usually on a Friday afternoon, and they put a little piece of paper in the window saying, oh, if you want your money, go to FDIC.gov on Monday. And, and like you say, if you had a massive bank series of bank failures, there's not enough money in the FDIC to protect you. All it is is just to make you feel good. This comes from the Depression, where they wanted people to put their money back in the banks after bank runs. Right. And when I was on your show this summer, I... I there was a terrible example of a gentleman that had saved his money for 40 years, and he had $1,000 in the Bank of the United States. And when he went to get his money, he didn't get any of it. And he went home, and he hanged himself because it was he was just so desperate. And this is what bank failures do. They, they crush people. So they had to find a way to make the bank safe again 
and, and at some point they actually were, but now they are completely not safe. You know, fractional reserve banking just you know allows a bank to, to loan out four, five, six times the amount of money that they have available. And as long as you pay your money back to the bank in your loan, you're good to go. But if you don't, then you have the liquidity crisis. And that's where, back during the, the uh, in 2007, 2008, banks would not loan money to each other at night when they would try to get make sure that they had enough money for their reserve requirements in the banks. And that is when, when that credit dried up, that's when none of the banks started trusting each other. And that's where you lead to the issue that we had in 2000, 2008, when the banks were about to go under. And some of them should have gone under. It would have been a much better place now, assuming even even companies should have gone under, and we would have been a much better place today if the, the natural progression of the economy had was able to work itself out instead of this fake economy that we have where the Fed has pushed money into the stock market, propping up banks, because all it did was encourage bad behavior. I don't think the banks are, are any better off today than they were back then as far as the scams that they're doing. We'll be back right after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The Bush political dynasty began when George H.W. Bush's father, Prescott Bush, was elected U.S. Senator from Connecticut in 1952. A typical liberal Republican of that era, Prescott Bush voted to censure anti-communist Senator Joseph McCarthy in 1954, and Bush backed his fellow Eastern liberal, Senator Henry Cabot Lodge's last-ditch effort to stop the nomination of Barry Goldwater in 1964. Prescott Bush, who made his money on Wall Street as a partner of the leading Democratic power broker, W. Averill Harriman, was the epitome of the Eastern establishment. Like his mentor, Nelson Rockefeller, Bush was an internationalist and a fanatical supporter of birth control, both domestically and around the world. Senator Prescott Bush's son, George H.W., moved to Texas as a young man, but the apple didn't fall very far from the family tree. During his brief service in Congress, George H.W. Bush sponsored the landmark legislation that made family planning a federal priority, the program known as Title X, which distributes $56 million a year in taxpayer dollars to Planned Parenthood. Bush was a supportive acolyte to Ronald Reagan during his eight years as vice president, But as President Bush, he seemed to forget the lessons that made Reagan so successful. Reagan was not a globalist, but Bush was. It was in a high-profile address to Congress on September 11, 1990, that Bush shocked Americans with his proclamation that it was time for a new world order. Ronald Reagan would have never used that kind of language, which Bush kept repeating, although he never defined it. By launching the first Persian Gulf War in 1991, Bush changed American foreign policy from focusing on defense of the homeland to engaging in foreign interventionism. However, President Bush also did much that richly deserves the praise he has been receiving. He was the only president to have received the Distinguished Flying Cross, which he earned for having been shot down during a World War II bombing mission. Bush also loyally stood by his Supreme Court nominee, Clarence Thomas, despite the all-out smear campaign by the left to stop him. Justice Clarence Thomas's continuing service to America on the Supreme Court is one of Bush's greatest legacies. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark 
phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. Before we go any further, I just... It's one of these things you never know. You know, we've been in business 23 years. You never know who's going to walk in our door uh, and what they're going to have. And we've had, you know, and I think I said on the air last week, we've had zero selling this month. Zero. Well, on Friday, everything changed. So we we, we had some sellers in, and I I got some uh, oddball stuff. Which means, you know what that means. I'm going to be the best price in the country on something today. Uh, British Sovereign. I've got 30 of them. And just so you know, Colorado, we ran a special Colorado afternoon show uh, and sold through some of this stuff, so I don't have quite as much as I did. Uh, But I've got 30 British Sovereign. So for those of you that don't know what the British Sovereign is, it's just under a quarter of an ounce. Okay, it's .2354 ounces. It's a fractional gold coin, obviously known throughout the world. I've got them for $315 a piece, uh, which is going to be right there. We will be, you know, right at the cheapest price in the country anywhere, including the real cheap online guys. You know, put it this way: if you bought four of them, that'd be twelve hundred and sixty bucks. You know, spot gold is you know gold's twelve eighty. So now, yeah, now it's not a full one, but I mean, you're just a little bit under a full ounce of gold there uh, at twelve hundred and sixty bucks. So I've got I only got thirty, and I cannot replace them. So another one, not at that price, not anywhere close to that price. So. Uh, so uh, I've got 30 gold British sovereigns. These are actually physically in stock here in Phoenix, and the rest of them are on their way up to Colorado. So if you want to get in on it, 800-951-0592. And then I'm down to, i got one case. That's 25 rolls. I wish I had more, but I don't. 25 rolls of silver rounds. These are going to be assorted rounds. I know I've got Buffalo rounds. I, I got some Northwest Territory rounds. I mean, I got all kinds of different ones. Uh, but but mostly, most of them are Buffalo slash Northwest Territory mint rounds. They're $16 to the ounce. So a roll of 20. A roll of 20, they come in rolls of 20, they're $320. Uh, and you look at silver right now at what, $1530, $1535? So you're not even a dollar over spot. I mean, you're like with 70, 60, 70 cents over spot. I've only got 25 rolls of those, but listen, I want, I don't want them. Whatever I don't sell, I'm just going to dump back to the wholesaler and be done with them. So take advantage on this uh, Martin Luther King holiday, 800-951-0592. The British Sovereign at 315 bucks, And I will tell you, it has probably been years since I've run a British Sovereign, uh, 315 and then the silver rounds, 
at $320 a roll at 800-951-0592. Glenn, let's go back. So we were talking about FDIC insurance and all that stuff. And remember, that was brought up, uh, like Glenn said, when they shut the banks after, you know, during the Great Depression, when they shut those banks, they 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 uh, wanted you to have faith again in the banking system, and there was only one way they could think about doing it. They put a guarantee on the money. They said, "Hey, listen, we'll guarantee it. Uh, it's up to two hundred and fifty thousand. The problem is the banks are so big now. If one of them went under, the FDIC doesn't have enough money to cover any of those banks. Uh, so anyway, go ahead, Glenn." Well, that's that's correct, and and that that served us well after the depression because obviously they need to get the money back, trust back into the banking system. The other thing now, though, I, I, I see two things that that are coming that that are dangerous. One is the war on cash, obviously. The other one is what's going to happen to the four hundred one k's if there's another major market downturn. I know, Joe, you've mentioned that the SEC rules that are going to make it very hard for you to get out of those four hundred one k's. If you just want to say, "Hey, I want out." Sell it all now. Get me out of it. There's there there are, there are restrictions from the SEC to allowing you to do that. The other thing with with cash is now these places are are not accepting cash like they used to, and that's very dangerous because a lot of people are unbanked and they do not have debit cards or they don't have credit cards that they can use, and that's usually the the lower classes, the people that don't have access to that. Um, and, and that's going to be a big problem, too. All they use is cash. And if it's no longer accepted, and obviously the government wants to see what's going on, if you have to have a bank account with a debit card or a credit card, they can see exactly what you're doing with it. Uh, some people prefer to do money orders. Some people prefer to pay in cash. And that allows a lot of anonymity. It doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It just means you don't, know what, you don't want people to know what you're up to. And that's privacy. That's what we used to hold dear in this country is the right to be private and do things the way you want to rather than have a myriad of government agencies or your bank breathing over your shoulder. Well, Mr. Goodall, why do you need $11,000 today? And you have to fill out these forms. Well, it's none of your business what I'm doing with $11,000. Maybe I'm going to go buy a car. What? Why do you care? What difference does it make? to You know, it's my money. I should be able to do what I want with it. And try to go to the bank and withdraw a large amount of cash you would think that you're the largest criminal in the world. And it, and sometimes if it's a smaller branch bank, they don't have the money there to give you. They have to order it from the main bank, and you have to come back in two or three days to get it or go to the main branch. And that is an issue. So, Joe, if you could talk a little bit about the SEC rules that I know you've talked about before, about the 401Ks, that would be really good. And then what do you think about the war on cash? Go ahead. Well, you know what? It, it, they all tie together. And again, right, when, when, they're, when they need more of it, and they, you know, I, I liken it to the fist, right? When you when you make that fist and you start squeezing harder, right, more and more stuff leaks out of the sides of it. And this is what we've got here, right? The government needs money. The banks need money. You know, part of the, hey, the banks need to keep more capital, right? Remember now, this is the solution to why they're safer, Right, they've got to keep more capital. In order to do that, right, what do the banks want? Well, if we had more money in the bank, we could have more capital, right? So let's try to force them 
to get this money in here. And one of the things that what I find so interesting about the SEC and its ruling, and this had to do with your 401Ks, your IRAs, your money markets, your annuities, right, all of those things. At any point when they fit, they prevent from selling. Talk about that from turn. 800-951-0592, the British Sovereign. By the way, on these British Sovereigns, they're 315 bucks. That is less than $5 above cost. The melt value on a sovereign is $301.31. Now, obviously, you can't buy it for that, right? I can't buy it for that. But I've got them today at $315. That's $13, and do the math, $1370, $1369 above melt. Can't buy gold for less. 800-951-0592. Before the break, we are talking about the SEC. See, this is another misconception, Glenn, that people have. They think that we need, that Congress has to vote on this stuff. And somehow, you would know it. Like, I, I'm making it up. Like, and, and honestly, some people are like, oh, he's just making that up. No. No, and you know that. I mean, come on, we've been here twenty-three years. You don't be—you're not here in business for twenty-three years by making stuff up. You didn't need an act of Congress. The SEC. Well, nobody was looking, because you got to remember, right? We're getting. uh, Okay, um, I just got handed a note. Uh, We are out of round. So thank you, Arlene. Uh, no more silver round. Listen, don't wait. Get those sovereigns. Uh, and I like round. You know, I, I shouldn't say I like rounds. You know me and silver. Silver and I aren't friends, right? But you got to have it. But gold is where it's at. Fractional even better. Uh, take the time. I, I don't want you to be shut out here. 800-951-0592. But the SEC, and here's what's so funny. They said during a downturn. They didn't say during an upswing, just during the bad time. We can do one of two things. One, we could add a surcharge, a tax. If you want to sell today, that'll cost you 15% or 20%, right, something like that, to try to get you not to sell. If that didn't work, they also could just say you can't sell. Remember, and I don't know if people remember that the money market started breaking the buck. And what does that mean? That meant the money market didn't have enough money, right? Because that's the rule of a money market. Hey, you got to have, if you have $10 million in your money market account, you got to have $10 million worth of stuff to cover it. And they didn't. Because people what were, were selling. How Bernie Madoff got caught. Bernie Madoff got caught because of redemption. So what they're going to do is force you to not be allowed to redeem your money. 
In other words, you can't sell. Again, just another example of when things start to go wrong. And again, I, I call it a Ponzi scheme. What's the great rule of what's the rule of the Ponzi scheme, right? The Ponzi scheme is great until what happens? Until you got more money going out than you have coming in. Right? That's what happened to Bernie Madoff. So the SEC essentially said, you know what? We're going to prevent a Bernie Madoff. Because think about it. With these new rules, you know that would have been a crisis. They would have prevented people from selling, and the guy still wouldn't be caught. But again, as we stated earlier in the program, this is what happens. It's gradual at first. right? We had the 87 crash. Then we had the dot-com bubble. Then we had the financial crisis. And every time legislation starts changing and they slowly try to close that fist, and it's really, it's not a sign of strength. It's actually the exact opposite. It's how weak it really is. Why do you think they bailed out everybody? Because they knew if they didn't, it was all going to go under. Right? And then you're going to find out, right, who had no clothes on. And unfortunately, the people that have no clothes on is really where you put all of your financial wealth. And now they've decided, hey, we need to what? We need to get the cash. Right now, cash is the enemy. Right? We took away all the third-party checks. We, we, we now got uh, a company like mine. I get charged for putting money in the bank. It's still small enough, but, I, I again, I don't know how much longer I go. I don't think, and, and this is just in all honesty, five years from now, I'm, I'm positive I won't be taking cash. Three years from now, I think it's likely that I won't be. Will I get through the end of 2019? I don't know. And the answer really is simple. They, they make it so difficult that they just get me to give up. Right? These companies that are, that are stopping taking cash because they're like, oh, I don't want to get charged. It's too complicated. i got to have too many people that have access to all my account information and can write checks and take out money. It's dangerous. Just so they can put cash in, I'm just going to stop taking it. And here's the funny part. People get hacked every day now. And Arlene and Wendy can tell you, I've never seen so much credit card fraud our, you know, our online store, we're experts at it, by the way. We are so good at it now, but it's exploding. Everyone's getting all of their stuff and their information stolen, and all of that is true. It's actually more dangerous than paying with cash. I don't get it. Uh, we'll be back with Glenn for the final segment. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dial. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour, Double J and the Professor, uh, Glenn Biddle, talking about not just the war on cash, the war on your money, really the war on wealth. 
uh, as more and more of it now going to the very, very few, which is another sign, right? It's just another classic sign. Uh, you, you go throughout, you know, go back to the Great Depression. But that was the last time so few owned so much of, of the wealth of the world. And we're right back there uh, again, no matter what they've done. And, and you know, you, you, you look at not just the war on cash, uh, but what the SEC has done when it comes to your retirement account. Uh, I told you last week about Social Security. That's a tax. Courts already rule. And so many of these things, people forget the court rules on all of that stuff. Uh, Glenn, anything you want to add in closing? Yeah, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, a couple weeks ago, the Yellow Vest protesters in France wanted to shut down the banking system by closing out all their accounts. And the easy way for the French government and the banking system to stop that was to just put a limit on how much you could withdraw out of the ATM. And the test case for that was in Greece and Cyprus when they restricted how much money you could get out of a out of, out of how many euros you could get out of the ATM. And also that was also the test case for the bail-in. And that's where we're going to see the next the next issue. If we have an issue with the banking crisis, it's not going to be a bailout. It's going to be a bail-in. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know what? That's a great point. And I'm so glad you brought up uh, the yellow vest that's happening in France right now. Uh, and, and this is now the new go-to card. When when they want, uh, when people get nervous and they want to go and they want to get access to their money, they just, you know, some type of referendum. They don't, they don't need to go to the court. They don't need to do any of that. They just say, oh, it's a national security thing, and that's it. The bank just goes to their keyboard, a couple strokes of the pen, and all you can take out is 20 bucks. I want to close my account. Sorry. Uh, I'd love to, but, but you know, maybe next week. Give me a call later. I'll let you know. Right? Uh, I, I, I want to go change banks. Nope. Sorry. Can't do it. I want to wire it out of the country. Uh-uh. And this is why I always say, and we say this all the time, you actually have to be early. If you haven't bought your gold and you haven't bought your silver and you don't have it put away in time, you're not going to be able to buy it because this is what they're going to do. And we know it because, listen, they started, they tried it in Cyprus, and they said, oh, that worked pretty good. Then they went to Greece. Hey, guess what? That actually worked. Now in France, it's not a banking emergency. But, again, just like any good Ponzi scheme, the Yellow Vester said, let everybody withdraw their money. And you know what? They were worried that, hey, I think they're actually going to do it. Let's ban it. 800-951-0592. The British sovereign at $315. That's $13 in change over melt. Yeah, you're not going to get it cheaper than that. At 800 Died five one zero five nine two. Uh, Glenn, thank you for joining us. Listen, we we are working on some stuff that that we're going to try to get even more details, more in depth. Uh, I apologize that we couldn't do it better, but for right now, this is where we're at. But Glenn, thank you for for coming on today. Thanks, Joe. All right, everybody. Hey, enjoy the rest of your MLK day. Get that gold put away.